Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking to Cats. If it is a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can listen to us every day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. On this edition of the show, we are going to be talking some basketball recruiting and football. Uh, Mark Stoops had his Monday press conference. We will discuss what he had to say. And a Kentucky player had a pretty big honor. And it was a really, really cool cool thing the SEC decided to do with their weekly awards. Plus, Cash Daniel. Told you we'd talk about those comments today. They were some comments, and we'll discuss in a bit. But we got to lead off with... I've been singing this song all day, Kyle. Um, I don't even know who sings it, actually. It's the... She dropped a bomb on me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know because James Wiseman dropped a big old bomb onto all of our plans. We had like a nice Thanksgiving week, you know, all laid out what we were going to talk about each day, pretty much. And then, then James Wiseman was like, "Hey, guess what, guys? Stealing, um, stealing the show." Yeah, so he will announce um, on Tuesday. As Tuesday, you listen to this, yeah, probably Tuesday today, noon. A lot of people listening. I'll just ask Kyle: Is he going to Memphis or Kentucky? Uh, I mean, kind of all the signs around this seem like it's going to be Memphis because uh, I think it was probably in Kentucky's best interest or or it was better for Kentucky's chances for him to wait. And it looked like he was going to wait <laughs> until the late signing period. Um, the early signing period ends Wednesday. And so him sort of suddenly saying, I'm going to, I'm ready, I'm going to announce feels like uh, a Memphis kind of vibe. Um, it's much more valuable to Memphis if he commits early because you know they need to use him as their the centerpiece of their recruiting class. Like if he wants to go to Memphis and he wants to have good teammates, better teammates, commit now and say I'm part of this, right? Sign now, and now they can go chase a couple other five star guys or whatever. That's part of it. The other piece of it is does he want to commit to Kentucky? And then be the most hated man in Memphis for the next five months. Get booed in every gym that he plays. Uh, you know, Malik Monk did it. Other guys have done that. Uh, Tyler Hero did it a little bit. A little bit. But it's tough. I mean, it's also like right there in the city. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's tough. You know, and it's his, it's his former high school and AAU coach, Penny. Can, can, um, I want to I make a statement real quick, and I... I I don't remember the exact timeline, Kyle. You might, but he is a. Everybody says Memphis kid, Memphis kid. He's actually no, he's a, not a. Memphis he, he's a Nashville kid that moved to Memphis his junior season of high school yeah. to play with Penny. Now, when you're looking at college basketball decisions, the fact that he has a bond with the now head coach of Memphis so much that he will move cities to play for that guy, I think probably has more significance than the town he kind of claims. But I just, it was kind of getting a little bit of, a little bit annoying in my estimation from a lot of national guys like, got to keep this Memphis kid home. Can Penny do it? La da da. It's like, nah, I mean, there's right. a little bit more to the story, but I understand why they don't know the full picture because it's tough to follow, you know, every recruit and all those things, even though this guy is the number one prospect. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a Tennessee kid. There's that. I mean, he's, he's, was going to school in Nashville at a, a very exclusive school there. You know, he left a great academic situation to come 
to go to Memphis and, and be with Penny. So as you say, yeah, he's not a Memphis guy, but he's a Penny guy, obviously. He 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 wanted to he moved a few hours to the southwest in uh in Nashville to go pe- play for him. So so there's that all those things to me are pointing to Memphis and all the almost all the buzz is Memphis. However, I have at least one person that I trust who re- recently in the last few days, couple days before this announcement was made still believed in Kentucky. And maybe even another dark horse. Florida you know, State. Florida State is is in the mix. Uh what's the other one that he has? Vandy and yeah, Kansas. Vandy. I mean, the... it, Vandy's like that's an interesting one. I mean, I think I don't think they're in it anymore. But I mean, obviously, probably nobody else is in it. But whoever he's committing to, I'm sure the the decision is done. But um, Vandy would have been an interesting choice for him, and they've gotten a couple five stars this year that are playing really well: Darius Gar- Garland and Simi Shitu. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I still think there's uh, like I I would offer, I guess, still a glimmer of hope for Kentucky fans, but. A lot of the pieces of this, and the other thing is he's announcing Tuesday and then Tuesday night he's playing in a big arena, like 8,000-seat arena there Mm. in town against DJ Jeffries' team. DJ Jeffries, who was once committed to Kentucky and trying to recruit James Wiseman to Kentucky, uh, who is now committed to Memphis, I guess signed with Memphis, who also played for Penny's AAU team. He's James Wiseman's AAU teammate so i mean here's the thing if he commits to kentucky tomorrow the kid has got some serious stones because he's gonna then he's he's gonna play a game that night against the you know his former aau teammate memphis guy on a memphis team in memphis (laughs) you know i I, i'll be impressed with the kid's fortitude if he does that Uh, it's hard it's like as you lay it all out there that's hard to imagine but you know, I don't. I don't think there's no possibility it's Kentucky. I just, you know, and like I said, somebody I trust sort of thinks it still will be Kentucky. That the that the the idea that he loves Penny that much, and that you know his mom his mom moved to Memphis. Does she love Memphis that much? The city, living there. This person was a little skeptical of that. So we'll see. I think it's more likely than not Memphis. And if it is the case, then. The bigger picture is this would be uh, the fourth consecutive recruiting class that John Calipari has gotten. Well, they still have some other targets in the top five. Uh, All the number two, three, four, and five are all uncommitted, and Kentucky's in on Vernon Carey, Jaden McDaniels, and Isaiah Stewart. But I would say not probably the favorite for any of those. Uh, Maybe they are for McDaniels. He's like a mystery sort of mystery recruitment. He just visited recently. But there's no, none, nobody on that list is a sure thing for Kentucky. And now I would almost say they're like on the outside looking in with most of them. So if they don't get James Wiseman and then they strike out with these others, it would be four straight years. They haven't gotten a top five player. It would be seven straight classes that they have not gotten the number one player in the country. You know, you got that, it would be James Wiseman to Memphis in theory. Last year, R.J. Barrett to Duke. The year before that, Marvin Bagley to Duke. The year before that, Josh Jackson to Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they haven't got the number one player since Nerland's Noel. 
Wow. The year after they won the title. Well, and as mentioned on this podcast before, the number one Curtis and the number one player in the Curtis Birch ratings is Cole Anthony, and he doesn't have Kentucky on his list, so they're going to miss out on the, on that honor as yep. well. So it's it's a rough. It could be a rough recruiting season yeah. for John Calipari, and maybe. Okay, let me let me I'll lay out quickly, and then we're going to get to some <laughs> football. A little like scenario that I just mapped out in my head. Normally, John Calipari doesn't comment on guys that sign, even when they sign early, right? Correct. This year, he mentioned Maxi. I don't know if they've put out the thing for Allen yet. I might have missed that. I get a lot of emails, and sometimes I miss one. What if he, you know, was doing that because, like, hey, I want to mention Wiseman when he signs, so I might as well do it for these other guys a little bit earlier. Or usually he doesn't comment because he wants to wait till he has everybody in that he's going to get in the early and then the late signing period before he comments and he didn't want to just like not comment not comment not comment and then not get to anybody else and then you just like you're a month down the road and you finally decide to talk about the guys that you already have that's probably more likely yeah we will talk uh extensively on the next edition of this podcast about james wiseman Commitment and what it means going forward. Working on getting a guest for that podcast. So stay tuned to all the feeds to stay up to date on the James Wiseman and where Kentucky will go after he makes his decision. This edition of the podcast is brought to you by Skyline Chili. The holiday season is here, and that means getting together with family and friends at Skyline Chili. There's something about Skyline Chili that just makes you feel good. Their secret recipe chili on a pair of cheese conies or a three-way with freshly grated Skyline Cheese is a perfect combination of flavors, but it's more than just incredible food. It's a community gathering place. That's what makes Skyline so special. Good food, good service, good people. They greet you at the door and set you up with a bowl of oyster crackers when they take your order. I'm getting hungry just talking about it. It's feeling like a good day for a trip to the Lexington Skyline over on Richmond Road across from Krispy Kreme. Maybe I'll see you there. Feeling good. It's Skyline time. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Let's turn back to some football. We will, let's do Cash Daniels postgame comments, Kyle. They were a buzz. I think I I probably could look this up somehow, but I tweeted out the video and it was one of the most viewed videos I've ever put out on social media. Partly, uh, yeah, it's over 100,000 views at this point. And Partly because he quote tweeted it, <laughs> Cash himself, right, um, with a message. But let's first get into what he said, and then uh, we'll, at the end we'll add um, his comments on on social media. But basically, he was he said that he was disappointed in the turnout for Senior Day, and he rolled through a ton of things uh, that he thought were reasons fans should have shown up. He said we're bowl eligible for the past three seasons. And on senior day, this class that turned Kentucky football around, uh, you know, he said they, they deserved more. Um, he also pointed to Nebraska, who said that they're 0-5 and they sold out an 80,000-seat stadium. He also said that you would have gotten to see Josh Allen's sack record. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. He was very passionate. He also, this is the most important note, he said that if, if you had financial reasons for not going or something like that, he understood, but you know, he, he wished the stadium was full. What is your kind of overall thoughts on players calling out fans to a certain extent? 
Well, I thought he made. I thought he did make the important distinction. Like you know, if you could, if you had a reason you couldn't get there, if you had whether it be money or a, a ride or whatever, if there was a, a reason you couldn't get there, then he wasn't upset with you. But if you could have been there and had the means to be there and chose not to go because you were disappointed in how the Georgia and Tennessee game, Tennessee games went, then that bothered him. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, it's it's a fine line, like lecturing fans. Like I've I've probably walked that line a few times and made a lot of people mad in in lecturing fans. It's it's usually of the like step off the ledge and like have a little perspective variety. But people hate hearing. Yeah, they do. Nobody wants to be told how to feel about their team. I understand that, but also understand if you're a player. And you're part of a, uh, you know, he's not a senior, but part of a team and part of a group. This this senior class is is the, in the modern football history of Kentucky, the most successful. Yes. You know, playing for a first eight win season since 1984. Now a chance to go next weekend be a first nine win season also since 1984 with a chance then in your bowl game to have your first ten win season since 1977. Now. Should they have gotten embarrassed by Tennessee? No. That was ugly, and it was made uglier by the fact that Missouri just curb-stopped Tennessee the next week. Uh, yeah, but... Should they have beaten Georgia? No. So that, like... But just because your expectations got out of whack and you decided all of a sudden that Kentucky was going to win the East doesn't mean that they let you down by not doing that. They're like, Georgia's on another plane. They've recruited on another plane. Mm-hmm. They had a disappointing game. Their, their two losses before Tennessee were an OT loss at Texas A&M, a yeah. game I never thought they could win. They probably should have. They, ha- they had a shot, but they didn't, and it was an overtime loss. And they lost to the best team in the, in the SEC, not named Alabama. The thing that people are mad about, other than lack of offense in general, is that they got embarrassed by Tennessee. I understand that fan base perspective. I also totally understand Cash Daniel being like, come on, like this... This program has not been good for three decades, and now you have a program that is good and is respectable and is putting up historic win totals. So kind of two things on that. First off, college football is super weird. Everybody knows that. It happens every season. I mean, Ohio State, what Purdue did to them, nobody saw that coming. And I mean, almost it, lost Saturday. Should look, have lost Saturday. When you look back at the at the end of the season, and it, it it probably will be close the way it's going because there are two bowl Mageddon scenarios in two states. One's happening up in Indiana, where Purdue and Indiana are facing off both five and six, and down in Tennessee, Tennessee and Vanderbilt are facing off in both five and six. But you look at Ohio State has that terrible loss to Purdue, and they're not anything special when you look at them, even though their coach is going to be coaching at Louisville next year probably. Um, but so like college football teams just have bad weeks sometimes and there's you can it's not an excuse for an, it just happens i mean so even the best of the yeah. best which is urban meyer and even though there is a ton of drama going around that program like that just happens over over the last 4 years there's only two programs that haven't had a bad week it's Clemson and Alabama. Yeah, that's it. And yeah. they've played each other for the national title yeah. every year so, i mean you know and even Clemson in one of those years like screwed around and lost to Syracuse. Yeah, that's true. And Sy- um, Syracuse is now... A, but wasn't a, then. Oh, that's true. They was built a, was a, a building program. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Kentucky has one inexcusable loss on the on its record this season. Yeah. It yeah. also has eight wins. Well, and, 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 know, on and the, is going on the, for nine. On the flip side of that, they have two 
two wins, I'd say, specifically when you factor in the margin over Florida and Mississippi State, which are really, really impressive. Two of the best wins, the the two best wins of their of the Stoops era. Yeah, and and like maybe uh, like dis dis well the Louisville. Yeah, you could throw upset, in the Louisville one, but, but like dismiss it if you want. But I don't know how you could. They won at Florida. Yeah. <laughs> they won at Florida. They ended a 32-year losing streak to a program at Florida. Like if they didn't win, there were there. Were, see the the thing about like expectations with with almost every fan base. It's not just like Kentucky fans are you know are like messed up in the head. They're they're like every other. <laughs> they're like well some are, but they're like every fan base everywhere. Expectations change on the fly because before you hired Mark Stoops, I I probably heard from. I mean, maybe literally hundreds of Kentucky fans, just give me a coach that'll win six or seven games and be competitive every year. And I will I'll sign up for that today. Yep. Well, they became that, and that wasn't good enough. So this year it was you better be better than that. And they have been. But there were people at various points, including probably this year, maybe in the hundreds, maybe in the thousands, who would have said out loud, and I've heard a few that did say it out loud, if we could just beat Florida, I wouldn't care if we won any other games the whole season. Yeah, I bet you could go ahead and yeah. search that on Twitter or yeah. other social media platforms. And find it easily. And see a ton of people who said that. So they did that. They did beat Florida, but they didn't lose the rest of the games. They won seven other games and probably going to be eight. Like They're probably going to be nine and three with ending a streak against Florida, beating the the bejesus out of Mississippi State, which has been a, turned out to be a good team, and beating, I would guess they're going to blow out their rival Louisville. I mean, there's a good chance of that. That's like in any other scenario ever in the in like the lifetime of most Kentucky fans. That's a an unmitigated success. Yes, just a total without question. Like I say to you, you went nine and three. You beat Florida in Gainesville, you blew out Mississippi State, and you blew out Louisville, and you went to a New Year's Day bowl game. Did you have a good season? A good season? It was the greatest <laughs> season of my life. Build, build Stoops that statue. Yeah, so it's weird because, because expectations changed right in the middle of the season. It was like, oh, well, now we can win the SEC East. Um, and when that didn't happen, then they got embarrassed to Tennessee. It was like, what a disappointment. Perspective is tough to have in a moment. And I think that's what some people are kind of suffering from. And I will say this: if you're, I'll read what I'll go ahead and read what, what Cash had to to quote the the video of, uh, of he said, "Watch the the whole thing before you make assumptions." I just love my teammates. I'm not going to apologize for wanting the best for my brothers, but BBN, I've always loved y'all, and that will never change. Anyone who's ever met me knows I appreciate y'all. Let's go get win number nine. So. If you replied to that with, uh, man, if you'd have shown up against Tennessee, I'd have showed up this week, you're you're a loser. You're an abject <laughs> loser. And uh, you should probably be banned from all sporting events for the rest <laughs> of your life and not be able to watch them because you're you're just a complete clown. Yeah, because I think he was I think he was like he went out of his way in the moment, in the yes. in the actual <laughs> rant and then in that follow up tweet, like to say, like, I appreciate our fans. It's yeah. just that I would hope it would be better. Because I asked somebody, I wasn't there, 
he cash probably thinks I'm a loser, but I was at celebrating Thanksgiving early. With I my think family. he would probably allow a family pass. Like yeah, if, if you're that 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 should be something that they should do, like like a cash pass. <laughs> yeah. you can miss if a you're, game. <laughs> you're with your family. That's okay. You were what? You just didn't think we played good against Tennessee. You're a loser. <laughs> um, but I I asked somebody that was there, and you, and you can tell me we haven't talked about this yet. What do you think? Well, I said, what do you think was the actual? Uh, attendance and he said like about half full he thought like between 35 and 40,000 yeah that's probably right I mean, it, I they, mean announced, they announced 47 I think that is bad to me like yeah. if it's sub 40,000 on senior day when the senior class has I, been like has won more games than any in modern history I, I just you know I, I get that it's not packed but, but less than 40,000 that's not that's not great I mean, I, I don't it's hard know to. I think it's hard to build your program and sell to the next wave of people that people care when it doesn't look like they do on a, on a day where you're honoring the guys who built this. I mean, because I get it. Like the opponent's not great, and you're disappointed from the last two weeks. But part of like the reason, part of what makes programs special is being able to say like we have this crazy fan base. Like it's part of what built the Virginia Tech program, the, Nebraska. Like. There's just a pride in that program that they don't want their uh, their consecutive uh, sellout streak to end. So it doesn't matter if the team sucks or the opponent sucks. People show up. Um, that's part of like that's that is part of the ownership that you can take in the program. It's part of the success you can sort of claim credit for. I mean, it's what what do Kentucky fans pride themselves on? Like the fact that John Calipari will say to them, "You people are crazy," and they they travel in droves and they well, show up and fill the arena. For bad opponents, you know. Well, okay, but stop there. That I think is an overall kind of thing, though. If you, how bad was the attendance? Yeah, lately for, it's gotten yeah, for basketball. Yeah, lately so it's this gotten worse. I, I don't necessarily think like this is a, a major issue for UK football to necessarily overcome. Um, but I will say this, and I'm along the same lines with you. I don't care what you do as a fan. Do whatever you want, whatever you're comfortable with. But in theory, if you are a Kentucky football fan and you've been a lifer, and I hear all the time these. These lifers that say, oh, you know, I've, I've seen so much bad football, this, that, and the other, and that kind of colors how they expect things to happen going forward, and they're always ready for some bad shoe to drop. If you didn't go to this the game on Saturday and you had an opportunity to, every, all, if all the stars were aligned, and you said, I don't want to go because of the Tennessee performance, then you kind of you, you cut off your nose to spite your face because yeah, I think, you missed. Yes, I think that's exactly right. You yeah. missed Josh Allen breaking those records. You missed the Josh Pascal moment. You know, you you missed the C.J. Conrad touchdown. You missed a lot. You missed Benny Snell for the last time on that field, most likely. You missed a lot. And if you were comfortable missing it, then that's fine. But you just, those are that just has something you missed live. And you, I mean, Kyle, this is kind of this is what we do. We cover sports and. When you're able to, you want to go to the live event because the feeling there and you understand what's going on, it's completely different from watching on TV. Yes. Yeah. All right. No um, argument there. We are going to wrap really quickly about a cool thing the SEC did with their defensive uh, player of the week. But first, I need to tell you guys about Sling TV. You don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. Are you sick of paying for 20 channels you never use just so you can see your team win? Sling TV is the best way to watch college football, college basketball, NBA, 
NHL, if that's your deal, or anything. 30 bucks a month gives you ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and a bunch more. Stream on your big screen and all your favorite devices. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel anytime. Right now is a great time to use Sling TV because you're going to be traveling during the holidays. You're going to go to your great Aunt Betty's house and she ain't got cable. How are you going to watch some college hoops? You're going to use your Sling TV app. Uh, right now, Locked On listeners can get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. The defensive player of the week this week from the SEC was Josh Paschal. Yeah, that's pretty wild. That was that was really I thought the SEC did a good job of that. Partially, I think, played in the fact that it was kind of quote unquote bye week for the SEC where a lot of teams were playing teams that aren't from power conferences. So that may be factored in a little bit, but why not honor a kid who came back from so much? And I'm I'm really glad they did it. I, I wonder what he'll his reaction will be when he gets gets that honor. I don't know if they give you a plaque or what, or did they just tell him? But either way, it'll be really, really cool. I think. Yeah, I. Uh, it's it's nice when these big governing bodies or whatever or organizations uh, who are notorious for sort of like procedure and rules step outside the box a little bit and yeah. do something that like unexpected. I mean, I that was totally unexpected to me. Yeah. Well, um, to the point where I saw a couple people mistaken it. That Josh Allen had won the award, yeah, right? Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> they just, yeah, I mean, you, see, you know, when he you actually see, did when you, something to break a record in that game. When you see Kentucky and then you see the word Josh, Josh you automatically think and defensive Josh, player yeah, of the yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, yeah. I, I, good on them for just thinking in a different way. Because I mean, there's no, there was no better story in the league over the weekend. No. And, um, so uh, that's pretty, pretty excellent call by whoever made that call, and. I, I think you have to nominate guys for that. So also good call for yes, whoever that's right, that's at right. UK decided to put him up for that. Um, good thinking all around, good feelings all around, happy for Josh Pascal. And uh, like you said, I mean, that that's like why, okay, you know, when you're weighing in your head, why am I going to go to this game? I'm mad about last week. Because some, you know, a, a, a reason would be something like that can happen. Yeah. Something that you didn't see coming could happen. Uh, you know, Benny Snell could have gone crazy and run for 300 yards and, you know, you would have missed that. So I'm actually sad. I didn't get to see that sort of moment and, and, and witness how that affected his teammates because, um, that was one of the scarier health related things I can think of for a team I've, I've been around. Um, and glad he's back. Hopefully we get some, a similar, Report uh, and moment with uh, John Schlarman sometime in the near future. I agree with that 100%. Mark Stoops to talk talk today on his weekly press conference. Didn't have a ton to say. Uh, the one interesting note that I will share at this time is that he's he, they're not preparing for Louisville any differently after the coaching change. He said they've last week they ran basically the same stuff they've been doing all year. Yeah, the play caller is obviously a little bit different, but the stuff they have in, you're not going to reinstall a whole offense on the fly because that's impossible to do basically. Yeah. yeah so, so, well, uh, you know, maybe the, uh, the Kentucky Tennessee game of 2011 would beg that to wasn't, differ. That wasn't a whole different game plan. They just had like eight plays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that but was, that was know, already on the books. Yeah. But, that's so, true. so, so yeah. Um, well, 
talk obviously more about that game as the week goes on. On the next edition, we are going to be talking a ton of James Wiseman, so stay tuned for that. Until then, be following on Twitter at LockedOnUK. You can find Locked On Kentucky on Facebook. A couple new likes from people out there wanting, I guess, to see our video after the last basketball game, so go like that page. You can follow me on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. And I'm at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. Sorry about that. Thanks so much for listening. And thank you to Skyline Chili for sponsoring this edition of Locked On Kentucky. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.